When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Dolgad, back from uh, beautiful Vegas, sitting here, Conduits of Trouble podcast. Episode number three, Chip Scoggins. How are you today, Chip Scoggins? What's going on? I'm very good. How much money did you lose? I don't gamble. There you go. The wife goes to the to the. Well, here's the weird thing now. When I was a kid or a younger man and went there, it was old ladies with huge buckets of quarters <laughs> in a smoke filled room pulling a lever basically yeah and it was all sort of like gangsterish yeah but but sort of cool now it's new age games oh, yeah, it's... that are like the flintstones it looks like everyone's 13 they're just <laughs> losing a ton of money yeah it's uh i, I don't know that I, I just i've never been a gambler and i can't imagine just sitting in a casino where it's dark and it gets now, boring i get really of course boring. if i'm winning it might be a different story but i just i still get bored though yeah like yeah. she was winning and i'm sitting there and i'm like how often can you just punch this yeah button it's like at some point in the time, sports book though like you did that's the way to go yeah right just park in there park yep. yourself in there but i don't gamble yeah well you just drink i just watch, drink yeah. beers watch yeah, sports right. but you know what i will say this because i dragged dawn this time to about three or four or five sports books mm-hmm. um the the how some of the sports books are laid out TV wise amazes me because they're not that good. Really? No, no, no. Too some, many or what? Uh, they're too small. There, there was there was one TV in the establishment in the sports book that we stayed at that I kid you not. The pitcher on the screen, the pitcher, there was something wrong with the screen, so he was blurry. The batter was fine because the screen was so huge. Oh, but my point yeah. is, like, how do you not get that yeah. fixed? Now, what I do want to do, one of my bucket list items, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, I want to go and just mm-hmm. hang out at a sports book. Now, but I've heard if you don't get there real early in the morning, you're not getting a seat. You're basically standing up all day. My idea uh, to go that I told Don would be Vikings bye week and just go watch a day of football. Yeah. Just well, a be day. Yeah. Because here's the, th- here's the one thing I don't get, the Super Bowl. It's one game. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to go to a sports book, Let's maximize these TVs. Correct. Let's watch eight games. Let's watch a day of football. Let's that, not watch one game and, and bet on you know the coin flip. Yeah, that's why I think like the NCAA tournament when there's a million games effort, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. All right, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so while I was in Vegas, I watched a bunch of Twins games because they were obviously playing the Angels and being on the West Coast. The game started at 7 o'clock. It was Perfect. glorious. Yeah. Except, of course, unless they got rained out, which they did on uh, Wednesday. Um, I got a question for you based on this. We are paid to be cynical at best, right? Yes. Like we're we're are we've been brought up in this business to look at things and say 
that's real, that's not, mm-hmm. that's a pop-up year. That's So taking that question into account, or those facts into account, Chip Scoggins, when's the last time with a Minnesota sports team that you got this far into a season and thought to yourself, this is legit? Now, it's not that they couldn't use help, because I did think of the 2017 Vikings, but that was Keenum, and so I was always thinking to myself, there's a shoe that's going to drop here. Uh, I would say 2009 Vikings after far through the touchdown pass to Greg Lewis. I thought the same thing. And that's when you, that, when that happened, you're like, okay, something special is happening here. Mm-hmm. This team is going to be really good. This is not a, you know, Favre is, you remember the, your first couple games, Favre just kind of was managing it. And then was that the first game where we really cut it loose or he, he made, you saw kind of the Favre magic? They played Cleveland and Cleveland and Peterson ran wild. Yeah. And Favre threw a touchdown pass, I think. Percy. To Percy, but he was, but he, Managed that game for sure, and then they went to Detroit, and he managed that game without question. And we all wrote yeah. stories saying, "This is working great." He's a game manager. Game yeah. manager. He's like, "Bleep all yeah. of you!" He pulls just a rabbit and out of his hat. Yeah, he makes one of the most incredible passes you'll ever see. Yeah, Joe, this thing—I mean, you keep waiting for this team to cool off or hit a skid, and it—it it just keeps going, and and it's almost like every day they top themselves. So I. This lineup is is legit, right? I mean, I, I think they've it, we've seen enough to know that this is not. I agree. This, the whole small sample size. Let's stop saying that. Um, Correct. Or even that it's early. I don't think you Garver know. and Cruz are hurt, and there's and they haven't slowed down one bit. But it's amazing. Sano comes up, and you think, okay, yeah. it's going to take him a while to kind of you know get get his timing back, and he's you know driving the ball, and so it's it's been just crazy. I, I can't really. I, I think probably that that. 09 Viking season in the teams that I've covered where you're like this is this has a chance to be pretty special this doesn't feel flukish no I don't think so it does feel it does I do believe that they're going to have to address uh, the back end of the bullpen at some point here Uh, and they're also and if I was them personally I'd probably address starting pitching because I don't know if this is completely sustainable I do think that the the elements are in place for it to be good I think it could Mm -hmm. be better but this this also when you watch this team play now and the confidence and the chemistry this doesn't feel like oh oh this is going to uh, stop in in July or at some point and I'm with you though I think the thing is these guys can just flat out hit and I don't think it's going to change no when you look at the lineup I think because of the depth of it if it was just one or two guys that were carrying the team yep. you would say okay what's going to happen when they cool off. Because you, you, there's really the the bottom of the order is not producing, and it's, you know you're relying on a couple guys. Here it's like one through nine every game mm-hmm. that you're you're getting production up and down the lineup, and so that's why I feel like you know I, they're not going to keep this pace up. I don't think, but um, I don't think you're going to see a two week drought where the, the the entire lineup can't hit well like, and or, or, ordinarily if you lose a guy like they did you know Cruz has been out mm-hmm. and uh, Garver's been out if guys like that get hurt you're in some trouble and they just sort of picked it up and go yeah. along and are absolutely fine and part of it's because Buxton has performed well Sano's come up and given him this lift um and then and really the, the <laughs> how often do you see a team make acquisitions in the offseason where Going into it, you're like, okay, this could be good, but it could be just meh. You know, you don't really get much of it. Sure. And then, literally, every guy that they bring in is, is exceeding what you thought you would get by 
a long shot. Yep. I mean, it just doesn't happen. This doesn't happen in sports where every free agent decision you make is panning out. It's the opposite. It is the exact opposite of last year. Uh, 180 Lance degrees. Lynn, blah. Yeah. Lomo, uh Think about that. Yeah, Reed. Uh, who, who's the who's the uh, guy with um, uh, the relief pitcher who they traded to uh, Duke, Seattle? Yeah, Duke. You yeah. know, nothing worked out. Mm. Nothing. And this year, everything has. But I don't. But I also think it's not a it's not a uh, an accident too, because it seemed like like last year they definitely brought guys in late. And there was, if there was a plan there, it was sort of like, oh, we can get him at this cheap price. Yeah. You know, I go back to the Cruz signing, which I think is absolutely huge. And Mm -hmm. I think Cruz, locker room-wise, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's no accident. They went out in, what, November, I believe, and got him? So that was an immediate. And I do do give these guys credit. I think they learned. And I think they learned a lot from the mistakes of 2018 and said, okay, if we're going to go out and spend it this time, we're going to do it in a a way that's going to bring in what we consider to be character guys, and not just oh the starting pitcher's there in March, so let's sign him. Sure, and, and there were some gambles. Let's look at Scope. He he came back to the pack last year. He had a poor year, right? Yes. Oh, and yeah. So they were they were thinking, well, he was hurt and he wasn't good. He was hurt. Maybe they uh, maybe he's primed for a, a bounce back year. But they it's a roll of the dice. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you, I mean, you have no idea sort of what you're getting. Could be good, could be bad. So that was a roll of dice. Now they probably felt like. He's a good clubhouse chemistry guy, so at least you're not getting a malcontent if things go south, right? Um, Martin Perez, how, how in the world could you? I mean, they thought okay because of his spin rate or whatever. If he yeah. if he adds this cut fastball, he he can be a more effective pitcher. They didn't. You really thought this would be the result? No. So the, there's oh, a, yeah, there's no. a gamble with him, but it's just all these things. Odo bounced back too. He's been yeah. unbelievable, yeah. And, and he was far from that. Like Cruz, I, I think you could you reasonably yeah. could say this guy's going to produce, yes. right? Yeah. But, but some well, of the these guys, you really know. some of these You're guys, right. you really had no idea what you. But getting. I think, but I think the most important thing on Perez was this: Levine knew him from their uh, time mm, in yeah. Texas, and I think what they also knew was he was not a cancer. Well, it's, and that became incredibly. I, I these guys are smart, and it did not. It did not take a lot in 2018 to look around that clubhouse and be like, "This, yeah, this, this don't seem right. This is a bad mix. This yeah. is, yeah, this is not right." As people, guys who worked in there, I mean, it was just obvious that it was just a bad mix. But it, it, I talked to Martin Perez for a column I did, um, I guess, two weeks ago, and he said Levine when he when they were talking about you know contract and come here, Levine he asked Levine he said, "What do you want from me?" And Thad said, "I just want you to be comfortable." It's like it wasn't like putting expectations. I don't think he even talked to him much about the cut fastball. It's just like I want you to come in and be yourself because I know you have good stuff. Right. And it's like, man, he said you can't believe how much confidence that gave me coming in here. Right. Like, That's a pretty cool messaging, you know, from the leadership to players when you're selling, hey, come to our team, you know. And if you recall, that was the one thing going into spring training, starting pitching, we had no idea. Mm-hmm. There was Odo coming off a bad year. Perez, no clue. Yeah, no, no. Barrios, we basically knew, and I think there was some. I think there was a, a level of confidence after the year that Gibson had put together. But still, there wasn't. But starting pitching was not. We did not go yeah. into because I. I remember I went to spring training for like three days in February, and I got down there and I looked at. I looked at the lineup at that point and said, "Okay, these guys are can flat out hit." Now, yeah. like this, not really. Yeah. But I. But you said, "Okay, if Scope has a decent bounce back year, Cruz can hit." Mm-hmm. This. This. They're going to generate power and be able to hit. 
But I also looked at the bullpen and starting pitching staff and said, I got no idea if this yeah. is all going to work out. I did a thing, a, a Sunday page two thing with Michael Rand last week where we he, his topic was named the, the most influential newcomer, coach or player. And he went Cruz, which I, I probably would have put two as did it just to have a debate. But sure. I also said Wes Johnson. Yeah. I mean, how much credit do you give him for Odorizzi and, and you know, Martin Perez and some of these guys? What's your take there? I think a lot. You, you I think a lot. Because, a yeah. Weeks ago, and that's an interesting one that I think probably gets buried a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, well, one, he's added velocity to those guys. And I asked him how he's like biophysics or mechanics or something using their hips. Uh, Perez told me he, he uses his hips a lot more now. So he, he's gained about two or three miles of uh, velocity. And it seems like. Sort of, it's plausible. Yeah, I mean, it's something. I have worth. no idea how you would do that. I don't, but yeah, but it's plausible. he's, and that's kind of been his mo. Wes Johnson, he's he's gotten guys more velocity. So, but I think probably the it's probably a combination of him and Hefner and and probably Falvey because he's big in the pitching and spin rate and the analytics guy. So I think it's all those guys kind of the approach they're taking in terms of one you know different analytics stuff, but two just kind of how they attack hitters. The elephant in the room that's not being discussed, but I'll go there because I think it's probably important too, is the reason why I think this team has a legitimate chance of making a playoff run that could go as deep as the World's Series as this Chip Scoggins. The Twins have hit this stride in a year where the American League's just not sure, good. Sure. So, And, yeah. you know, people hate that. And we've talked about that before in football. It it happens. Yeah. There's up years and, and down years. And if you're smart enough to uh, crescendo with your team mm-hmm. in a down year, which the American League is down, but that's the one thing. I keep looking at these teams for the most part that the Twins are playing. There's nobody you, you fear. No. And that includes Houston. No. Now, Houston's good, but, you know, the Angels are, to me, abysmal. And, yeah, and with I some pitching. and I think that comes some back. Yeah, and I think that comes back to the guys they brought in. I mean, you think Nelson Cruz is going to fear anybody? No, no, I don't. But I don't even think it's that tough because I guess I'm saying is is we all know that the American League Central is not very good. But outside of that, the more teams I see them play, the Torontos yeah. of the world and the Angels of the world and Seattle. I don't see anybody who I say, you know what, I think the second half of the season, this team's going to pop up. Well, especially because this team just plays with such confidence. I mean, look at the way Rosario plays and Polanco. Yeah, they, oh, they don't care. Yeah, I mean, they literally are fearless. Yeah. yeah. And and the way Buxton plays defense and Cruz and Crone, the way he, he hits balls a, a mile long. Yep. You know, uh, these Line guys. drives, just, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it stems from this lineup and just the way they have a bunch of guys that are on fire and confident right now and play or playing kind of free if that's the right word you know and so it, it, this is gonna be a fun summer I, I mean it's gonna be we talked about i think last week just the difference in having a good baseball team in oh, town when the it's summer versus enormous. just you know playing out the string and counting days till vikings report yeah what, when do you think fans come back um i think once school gets out and well i don't know if the weather's ever going to get better <laughs> It's yeah, just, this ain't it's, working. It's absurd. This global warming thing—it's not yeah. working out. We've got to—we've got to return it so there's no confusion that it ain't warming. It's like I was at my son's baseball game the other day. It's 48 degrees. Really? I know. I know. Last night, their parents wearing blankets and stuff. And it, record we're almost hey, in June. Get this. Let's go. Get Minnesota. This. Two days ago, record lows in Vegas. Really? It was oh. it was raining. It never rains there. It was raining in like 64. Did people think that like? 
the world was coming the to cabbie an end. The cabbie told me they got <laughs> they got snow. Really? And in February, I think. Oh, wow. January or February, yeah. it, and it didn't. The cabbie said it didn't stick on the it didn't stick on the roads. It stuck on the ground though, <laughs> and that there was a school day. They called a day <laughs> because there was to, yeah. because you could still see the ground. But my God, there was snow. Yeah, you don't want to risk. So it there. this whole yeah. thing, this, this whole yeah. thing's going to going to hell. It's not just Minnesota. Yeah, but schools are out this week or next week. I, I got to imagine once we hit June, um, the weather's going to get better, and, and you know people are going to come back. I, I just think a lot of you know. I think once school's out, and 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 now this team is obviously historically. <laughs> good hitting well, the ball and is there anything if, if you're a fan a general baseball fan you just like like the yeah. game so you're not a devout fan but is there anything more fun than home runs no. and they do nothing but hit home runs <laughs> oh no. i mean it, the star tribune today has it oh, and we are uh, recording 98? this on friday the twins took over the mlb lead in home runs for 2019 are on pace to obliterate the record of 267 set by last year's yankees in 49 games, they have what you just said, 98. Their pace for home runs is 324 right now. <laughs> uh, Seattle, in 52 games, has 93. They're second on this list. That puts them on pace for 290. So the Twins are on pace right now to hit 324 home Absurd. runs. What was that? I think Phil Miller, who was on the trip, had to stat to hit 21 home runs on this road trip. Was that right? Oh, that's entirely <laughs> possible, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? So, they, yeah. So they've it's... got... They've got a franchise or a Twins franchise record eight home runs in a game twice this year. It, that's it, the franchise that's for the Twins since they moved uh, in 1961 from Washington. Yeah. That's the franchise record, and they did it against Baltimore, and then they followed up yesterday against the Angels. Yeah, it's it's absurd. But I mean, I mean if you, you're run a fan, out, you run out right? of yeah, you run out of like superlatives or what and again, Nelson Cruz is hurt, and Nelson Cruz your is home hurt. run guys hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I know it's crazy. So. No, it, it's been fun, and I would expect at some point in time, too, because when you consider, you know, the Wild is going nowhere fast, mm-hmm. right? The Vikings will always be the most popular team and will always um, sell out U.S. Bank Stadium. I get that. The Wolves are a slow build here again. So we- the options here are, oh, I might be able to go see a playoff team or a Twins team that's going to make potentially a deep playoff run, and at this rate, it's going to win the American League Central by how many games? Yeah, and it's it's not just hey, let's go to the ballpark and drink. Yeah, it's actually let's go see a, a fun team. Exactly. At what point do we think Falvey and Levine will make moves? I was going to ask you that same question. Is it uh, end I of think, June? A few think, more weeks? I think probably around. Well, first of all. And, and this is, I say this without having any idea what the answer is. A very important part of this becomes post-draft, which is the beginning of June, do they have an interest in Kimbrel? I have no clue, and the answer very well might be no. If the answer is no, that probably means that you need to deal, I think certainly for back of the end, bullpen help, and you might be wise to look into a guy like Mad Bomb uh, as a starter. So my guess is that would come probably right around the All-Star break. So because July. July July 31st is still the trade deadline ship, but it's the only one now. Mm-hmm. So there's no trying to get sneak a guy through waivers, which, of course, was uh, post-August 1st. That's gone now. So I think teams are going to be a little bit more aggressive. So my guess is July All-Star break-ish that, yeah. they would, that they would look to deal. But I don't see how you can't. You have to. Because this is a godsend. Yes. The league is bad. You're good. Um and, and, and this also, it's an interesting team 
because the dynamic of this team still is this team was sort of put together for this year and there are elements of this team that will carry on for five more years now but you know Cruz was signed to a two-year contract and I think the last year is a player option right Mm -hmm. scope is a short-term contract the point being is a lot of these guys who are helping you right now are short-term guys who might not come back and so I don't see with where this team has been and where this fan base has been how you don't look at this as a a special unique window of opportunity that's the thing and you never know when your window sometimes you, you 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 plan when you think it might open and then sometimes like this thing it just flies open and you're like whoa and the twins we didn't did, expect that and the twins did not expect this we didn't expect this no. you know they hadn't they even said in the beginning we're going to kind of wait and see what this team is yep we think it'll be better but let's wait well now you're seeing holy cow this lineup's really good the pitching's maybe better than we thought uh, maybe it'll regress some, and that's where I, I think, you know, I just I think fans are always going to want you to go for it, right? Yep. But it's like this is one of those situations where it's just a unique opportunity with what is happening with your team, and it's building, and, and they've surprised you in a way that maybe alters your plan or your thinking. Oh, I think it has to. And so now you say, now you're, now you're adjusting, and maybe you start thinking bigger than what, you know, or more – immediate than what what you were thinking going into the season. And I I go back to the question, too, of, and in in 2010, when the Twins were good in the last time that they won the American League Central, the answer at that time was clearly the Yankees. But I go back to this question. Who scares you? Like, if if you are Falvey and Levine and having a private conversation amongst yourselves and saying, okay, this is a good team, but we can only get so far. Because, you know, this team, the Houston Astros, are going to be in our way and we can't beat them. But I don't think that's the case. So I go back to now, who scares you enough that you would say this trade is simply not worth it? Yeah, I don't think there's any team. And, you know, until you beat Houston, they're the team. Until you can show you can beat Yankees. Yes. They're, you know, you you had to say. But it's not a situation where... um, you're like, all right, everybody's clearly playing for second. So let's not mortgage right. the future because we There's no Golden State, we're, we're right? not good enough. Yeah, we're not good enough to to beat that team right now. Even though as crazy as baseball is, we're we just this is not a long run team. But if you look at it, this year, it's like, and the way this their lineup is, I don't think there's any team where you say, oh goodness, we shouldn't do this right. because we got no shot. I I just don't feel that way. I'm with you. Yeah, because it's. Until you go into Yankee Stadium and can win consistently, sure. you're right. But, yeah, there's nobody that I see as a roadblock to your point of saying those are the Golden State Warriors and we're screwed. Yeah. I just don't see it. So, yeah. I Now, now I think we had this conversation on the show last week, the podcast. I still don't give up uh, Lewis or Kirloff. You, Kur- yeah. Kirloff's uh, – I'm not going to give those two up. So I'm not, I'm not going to mortgage everything – in the sake of, or for the sake of 2019, but you got to start somewhere. And and now, and I guess the question becomes this: because he's really good and he's pitching really well at Double A, Gratterall, because yeah. teams are, are going to ask for him. Do you do you say no on him? Which they might as well. But I do think that the system's deep enough that you could still you could still work out a trade if nothing else to get bullpen help. Yeah, and imagine if you went and got the message it was saying if you went and got a you know. Baumgartner. Oh, I think it'd in be that fantastic. clubhouse, you know? I think it'd be uh, absolutely fantastic. And it's like that is that'd be your front office saying we're pushing the chips all in, boys. Yep, you know, and and it would be, and it's a guy who's been outstanding in the playoffs. Who I think, just as importantly, too, has that experience. Mm-hmm. He could calm 
the the thing that I think a guy like Cruz does is he allows everyone to be themselves, and it calms people down. Yeah. So the pressure. So if if you've got Mad Bum pitching for you, let's say in Game One of the playoffs, guess what? Barrios is now like, oh, this is awesome, right? And I don't think Barrios be rattled by that, but it's like. Doesn't hurt to have a guy who. No, been but wouldn't there, you feel he, damn good though? Yeah, yeah. Like, wouldn't you feel mm-hmm. like, wow, this yeah. is this is real. Yeah. This is not this is not just we did really well and it's a nice story. Mm-hmm. I think if you start a guy like that in game one or he's in your rotation for the playoffs, that is a a vote of confidence that to what you're saying goes a long way in clubhouses. Yeah, and that's that's why I think it's going to be fascinating to see. Let's see how you know June unfolds here and. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't think they're going to keep at this pace of hitting home runs, eight home runs. You know, I don't right. think they're going to hit no. 324. But I think this team is going to – I think it's a good team. I think we can say that right now, right? Yes. This is a good team. Yes. And you think this looks like a playoff team. I mean, I don't know what they all – I'm sure some of these sites have the percentages on what they their percentages. I'm, you got to imagine it's super high right now. I'm with you. It feels like – the last time I felt this way about a team in this market with, with visual – Evidence, so not this. You know, Wild just signed uh, Zach and Ryan uh, to contracts. The last time that I saw this, where you where you actually start to see it unfold, two thousand nine Vikings. Yeah, that's I would agree. Uh, I mentioned the Timberwolves. Your reaction to the not surprising news that uh, Ryan Saunders, Chip Scoggins, was named the. Uh, yeah, we we're just looking at the the percentage. Who who is that? What's up? Fangraphs of uh, Twins percentage today of, of making the playoffs ninety one percent. Well, look at the division; it's, it's got to be true. Yeah, Cleveland keeps losing, I know. and they're losing players, and they're not good. No, and, and they made a boy. Did they make an assumption? And they're going to dump now. But Cleveland's assumption that oh, we don't really need to improve things. We're you know we got the uh, we got the pitching staff. Whew, that was a mistake. Uh, the Wolves, yes, Saunders gets the job. No surprise. Here's here's where I land, Chip, because I've thought about this, and I'm not buying the fact that there was not a, a lot of inherent pressure on Gerson Rosas to hire Saunders, who, and it's a great story. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this again. Everyone is very happy for the guy. You know, his dad died in tragic circumstances, which was really sad. I think Ryan's a really good kid. He's a young guy. Um, but I finally decided this. It's fine to me because this team, again, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is rebuilding with a very nice chip in Cat, mm-hmm. who likes this move. Mm-hmm. Very important. And worst case, it doesn't work. And in two years or so, Ryan's fired. That's too bad. A coach is hi- hired at that point. I think at that point, too, you're pretty close, if not done, with paying Tibbs' contract off. Yeah. So if this was a team that we said – really needs to pop at 2019-20, yeah. I'd be like, I don't know about this. But it doesn't. It's not going to. And so I don't I don't think that there's a huge downside to the move of going with Ryan Sauter. I agree. And particularly when you looked at the – a couple things here. When you looked at the guys that they were interviewing, there wasn't like a Dave Yeager in there. There wasn't a, a guy who'd been a head coach. And so if you'd have gone with one of those four, you were rolling the dice. Right, it's a gamble. You have oh yeah. There's no track record. Absolutely. Yes. And so let's say was it Trajan Langdon was one of the guys they interviewed. I think. So let's say you hired Trajan Langdon, and it goes south, and it's not good. And three years from now, Cat says, "You could have had Ryan, 
Yep. And I'm tired of this, you know, constant recycling and starting over. I'm out of here. Now, it may go south with, with Ryan, but at least Cat starts with a guy he respects, he trusts, he's energetic. I, I was at the press conference, and I can tell you he is rejuvenated by the thought of a new style of play, just a different way of doing things, shooting more threes. Now, they they got to fix the roster, obviously, but at least these changes and, and having a coach that he trusts and has a relationship with is a step forward. So if you're not going to go out and get an experienced coach, well, why don't you just stay with the guy that you know that has a good relationship with players? I mean, there's things that Ryan does well. He does re- relate well to players probably because he's close in age to them. Yeah. He is into analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he – Which is funny because Flip was not, right? No, I, Flip was old school. I mean, And was, Flip got very upset if if you recall when, when he uh, came back to coaching and the stories were – Flip doesn't shoot threes, and Flip would get rid of yeah. So it's funny. It's generational, kid, too, his, though. He, but his kid must have gone to him privately at yeah. Like, Dad, shoot some threes. Well, yeah, and I didn't know the uh, the relationship. That'd be a great story. I know, because Gerson talked about how he knew Ryan from years ago. And I, I was sitting there like, well, how would he know Ryan? Just you know, and But he mentioned that Ryan created some kind of iPad or something that helped NBA coaches. And, okay. and uh, somebody told Gerson, he's like, well, I want to meet this kid who created this iPad that helped, I don't know, I assume it was for breaking down film or whatever. So they talked and he showed it to him. So um, so he's, you know, into technology and analytics, and that's kind of what Gerson, I think, is. So, I mean, there's things that he pluses he has. To me, the big thing now is you have to surround him with veteran coaches who've kind of been through uh, the NBA for a long time that have an expertise, whether it's offense or defense, and they've talked about, a lot about that, how they're going to have an offense and defense coordinator, which I think is kind of the new trend in, in the NBA. Right. Um, so I'm I'm fine with it. You know, it's not like they're contending for a championship. That's the thing year. about this. this. This is, as much as it probably pains people to hear, they've got to rebuild the roster. They don't have a point guard of the future. I mean, Jeff Teague is not your point guard of the future. They've got one, they've got one player. Cat is your best outside shooter. Right, you've got to get more shooters. But they've got Cat. Yeah. They've and, and hey, you know what? That's a really good yeah, player. That's a, good That's a great point, player. Yeah. But I think you're right about this. I don't think there's anything. You, you tell me outside of Cat. Now Covington, I like because yeah. he works hard. I like Covington, but he's a workman like player. So outside of Cat, I think you, you're right. And they're just not. They're not built for basketball in 2020. No, you. And I'm not saying they do need the more. "Quote unquote superstars," you get. Obviously, that's the way of the future. I mean, if you so they're going to have to figure that. I don't think it just be cat and a bunch of guys. So they need to get more stars, but you need to have those. And Houston's done it great. Role players who shoot threes that know their roles, right? Yep. Um, is that the Bucks? Yeah, Giannis is great. Um, I mean, Middleton was a All Star, right? Right, but I'm saying that. Uh, but, but that's is, what they've but done. Is the Bucks. The and look what Brooke Lopez is doing. I mean, shooting threes, right? You know? So are they the blueprint? Yeah, small market team. Yeah, complete, or just an, a great superstar, uh, and they've made some some very savvy moves to bring in guys around him. Correct. Find the right pieces. Yeah, uh, you know, as it, we've heard it a million times already since he's been here. Modern basketball. I mean, you've got to be able to shoot threes, and you know, they talk <laughs> about pace and space and stuff. Yeah, it will. Tibbs, watch a Tibbs style. Oh, it's going to work. It's yeah, going to work. How many times do we talk about? You're not even playing a game that resembles the no. game being played now. No, I mean they were. But last, it's just so funny now to to be like, you know what, you guys were all right. Yeah, we played to play modern. The basketball. last five years, they were at the bottom or near the bottom in three point shooting, and that's just. 
and one of the worst defensive teams. So they were terrible defense. Yes. And they didn't shoot three pointers well. Well, and their coach was known as a defensive guy. Yeah, Tibbs was your defensive guy, and he couldn't get them to play defense. So they have to be able to. I mean, they've got to improve defensively because they're just you can't you know be t- taken seriously if you're going to be twenty fifth, twenty sixth in defense. Right. But you know they've got to get more shooters and all the things that they have to do. We all these things we're talking about. You don't fix in one off season. No. Right. No. No. But that's the funny thing is. Gerson, so it's weird. He's got to show Cat that he's got this thing on the right track. Mm-hmm. But Cat also has to be smart enough to know that if he wants and is willing to stay here for the very long term, that that track is going to take time. So in one sense, there, there's an immense pressure to please one guy immediately. Mm-hmm. But everything else is going to take time. Yeah. And this is you're right. This is not a playoff. Team. Well, it's not close. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's selling a vision. Is what it is, really. And then having towns feel comfortable that, you know what? They are making the changes going to make us good. And they are bringing in guys, and I understand what they're trying to do. Because, I mean, well, he, he was talking about, like, literally when we got uh, towns after the press conference, like, first thing he says is, you know, we need to play modern basketball. So I asked him, I was like, what's your vision of modern basketball? Like, for this team, he said, well, you saw it last night when Steph did that, you know, when he backed up. Took like four steps backwards and tried to. Shoot. He said, "Steph took five steps backwards to shoot a three, a game winning three. He said, "That's it. It's shooting three pointers and and the way they get them and being creative on offense." So, I think he's energized now. It's just words. They have right. they haven't even practiced, right? But I think he's energized, at least by what they're telling him they want to do, and that's you know a good first step. Yeah, it's just it's the interesting dynamic to me that we will see play out, but I don't know how, how much it'll be obvious or we'll find out about too is the fact that this is clearly going to be Rosas's show for sure like Ryan is uh he'll be an important part don't get me wrong not trying to say that he won't be but this ain't the old days no Gerson is going to make decisions on the assistant coaching staff he's going to make uh, crucial decisions not just on personnel but exact style of play and so this is going to be that changing and I, I guess it's true with the twins as well this is going to be that sort of changing of the guard to the old executive and then coach role that we used to know has completely changed now. Mm-hmm. And that executive, those staffs now get to make up the rules, essentially. And I think call the coach in and say, here's what we're thinking. What do you think? And if the coach says, I really don't like that, they say, oh, no, no, that's not the answer. The answer is, here's what we're thinking. We want you to think that. And that's, well, and I, I don't think there is so much like the Twins. They're not filling out Rocco's lineup. I think there's input from Rocco. I think there's input from, but everybody. I think it's a group, and I right? Think, I think they're and Terry Ryan avoided, you know, that like the plague. Yeah, and I think you mentioned what the Twins are doing with Rocco. That's probably a pretty good comparison. Yeah, what they're shooting for, like how Falvey. I mean, you we see him in the clubhouse. They're in there his office all the time. They're discussing lineup yep. every day. Yep, and what a work and you know different things. So I think. Which I think is great, and everybody you know kind of roll eyes when they say collaboration. But that's what they mean. But that's that's what it is. It's yes. like a group. And worst case, guess what? Ryan is Paul. Yeah, Molitor was kept. It was basic to me. It's almost identical. But I think, but but, but Ryan is younger, and so there's a better chance. I think it might work. Yeah. But you know, Ryan is Paul in the sense that we all said when when Jim Polad fired Terry and is like, you could the new guys could do whatever they want except for the manager. And we're all like, what are you talking about at the time? I think that this is very much Glenn saying. I want you to take a long look, Kurson, and I'm paying you a lot of money <laughs> at Ryan. But the difference being is there is a I think that there's a far better chance that, that Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas Chipper are going to speak the same language. For sure. Which yeah. obviously and 
Paul is a great baseball guy. Yeah. But the language that Derek and Thad speak is a very different baseball language, probably than an old school baseball. Because he still game. had a little old school in him, right? Absolutely, Even though he yes. he now, uh, Paul gave 60, it, right? He gave 61? a great. Yeah, I think Paul did a great job in trying to incorporate it. But in, at the end, they but it's not still, second nature. Yeah, but I think one hundred percent. I think, and just listening to uh, Ryan and Gerson talk, you can tell there's. They are speaking the same language, and I think Ryan will be open to. It's not like he's going to come in and say, "Nope, this is my way or the highway." This, is what, I mean, he's two, what is he thirty one or thirty? How are he's thirty like three? Yeah, so he's, he's a kid compared to us, Joe. Yeah, uh, so he's not. So I think he is going to be flexible to whatever, mm-hmm. whatever staff they get him, mm-hmm. or whatever ideas they have about how you use towns in terms of three point production or or Wiggins or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's your best guess on how long this is now going to take again? A mm, couple years, probably. Okay. Because two years would not be awful. No, because I mean, well, one thing is, is okay. Your your point guard right now is Jeff Teague, right? He's on. He's got one year. I, he opted got, in. I don't think he'll be there opening night. Do you? I think there's a good chance. He's <sighs> well, because I think he's a. What are you gonna do in the draft, though? I mean, if there's not a point guard there to take, I like I. I think we talked last time. I love Kobe White, but I don't think he's going to be there. Positionless basketball, Chip Scoggins. Yeah, but the game is. But Towns is a Towns is a or a Marwin Tyus. Gonza- Marwin Gonzalez yeah. will be the point guard. Yeah, that's right. You can yeah. take that to the bank. But Tyus is a restricted agent. Is he coming back? I'm guessing they're going to bring him back now. But what if somebody gives him a big number? Well, and then, then you you have to look at yours. And I don't know if he's going to get a big number. I, I don't either. But um, yeah, you just don't know who your point guard of the future is right now. And until you do that, it's kind of hard to. I know it's positionless, but you need a point guard. You know what I do? I call Cat. Towns is your point if, guard. If, if I'm Gerson, hey, he might bring the ball up the floor. We don't know. Yeah. If, if I'm Gerson, I call Cat in and I say, all right, circle three names of guys you really like. Because <laughs> the rest of them, I can move. The the other thing the other thing that I won't trust, I saw, I, I think he showed up or he did show up at the yeah. Saunders press conference. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins. It is the elephant in the room. I'm not, do? But I'm not trusting it. I don't trust it. There's two guys in this town. You don't trust him getting better. Trust that they're going to keep him. I don't trust that he's going to improve. No. I, I, I think he's going to have some great games because he always does. Uh, there's two guys in this town right now currently that come to the top of my mind of guys I don't trust. Miguel Sano and Andrew Wiggins. I don't trust them. I think that at moments that they'll tease you and fool you. Yeah. But as far as the consistency that you need to say, okay, this player has has it. I'll never trust both of those I guys. I think I trust Snow more than I do Wiggins at this Oh, point. I probably do, but they both come to mind as guys. Yeah. Ultimately, if you if you were their dad, both of those guys are going to let you down. <laughs> like, you're going to give them the keys to the car, and they're going to call and say, Dad, I got in a wreck or something. I don't trust either yeah. one. Like, it's, at some point in time, you can no longer be fooled. Yeah. Well, the thing and Both was- those guys just fool you en- enough where once in a while you get yeah. this wild idea. Yeah, the thing with Wiggins is... You know, everybody's talking about, well, maybe the new style, maybe a different voice, maybe, you know, they'll teach him to do something. And that might that might be true. But Ryan tried. But but the thing is, you can't change personality and, like, what you have inside. Competitive drive. You can't change it. No. Nope. That's who you are. Right. You can, you can make somebody a better three-point shooter, a better defender, a better dribbler, um, whatever. You can't change a person's makeup. Nope. It just doesn't happen. You are who you are. And so that's the thing with Wiggins is, like, there's too many times where you're just like, come on, let's go. Well, you know what, though? The classic, I mean, there, there have been, in the course of his career here, classic Wiggy games. The Ryan's first game, OKC. Or right? Lakers. Yeah. Right. But, well, I I got wind of the fact, the first time I said, this is not good, is, if you recall, 
his his rookie year, which had been up and down, the Wolves went to Cleveland, and Andrew Wiggins played a great game. And his quote after that was, "This was a motivation game for me." And I thought, "Uh oh, that that <laughs> that ain't good." Like you're a professional, you're not going to have great game after great game. But so basically, what you're telling me is, you're a rookie, and it took going back to the team that traded you yeah. to get you excited. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, but I, I gotta be honest with you. I just don't know. Oh, I'm just saying I don't. Do I'm just him? saying I don't yeah. trust. No, no. But it's all part of the process yeah. uh, of eventually getting him off the roster, which I don't think is going to be possible right now. I don't, not short term. No. Uh, Vikings. What yes. is okay? All right. We cover this league together. We saw guys not show up for OTAs and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I am not dismissing the fact that Stefan Diggs, un- unless he showed up on Thursday. When Cousins said he was going to, but there was media access on Wednesday, not Thursday, I'm not buying that this is no big deal. It's weird because he got a contract. And I, well, here's the one thing I'll go back to in sort of trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it doesn't, I don't know why, but the fact that his brother tweeted out a picture of him, I believe, in a Washington Redskins jersey and then deleted it at some point a few months ago was very odd. Like, that's his brother. That's not some arbitrary fan. So I don't know what's going on here. But it seems very odd to me that one of your star receivers, and I know it's optional, but still got most guys show up. But and he hasn't been a guy who's missed in recent Not years, I right? Know. I think he's been a guy who's been here, and I, I shouldn't say that with one hundred percent accuracy. But I, I, think, I, I think you're right. I think he has been a guy who's been here, and so and it's weird. It's you know, it's you just got a big contract last year, so why? What would there be that has angered him? I have no idea. Does he not like something that's happened here? Does he? Does he? I have no clue. But I just, I'm not. There are certain people who will say it's not mandatory. Who cares? But look at the amount of guys who are there. Yeah. You can't just dismiss it. Yeah. And if a guy has a track record going, and the other thing is, I don't say it's a brand new offense, but you have a. Kirk, you know, you have some well, new coaches that are there that are putting some new things. Last that, press conference after the Bears lost, what did Cousins talk about? I'm going to have more time to work with my receivers. That was that was the whole code word. Yeah, thing, that we're going to have more time to get this thing in place. And so, for one of your best guys not to be there is very curious to me. Yeah, especially when a lot of their high priced veterans are there, or a lot, most of them. All of them. I think, every, yeah. So, well, that's the thing is people show up at these. Yeah. If nobody show, if like. I mean, Kyle Rudolph came from, even though yes. you know, they're talking about trading him. Yes. And, I, you and know. then he took a not so veiled shot at Diggs by saying something along the lines I saw the quote of leaders show up at these things. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, I don't. It, 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 yeah, your antenna goes up when guys don't show up, even though it's voluntary. We understand it. It's completely but it usually voluntary, something, but it's, it's normally... It's but a, you're right. It usually has something to do with Well, Barr didn't come last year because he was, getting, he was getting insurance. He didn't want to risk getting right. hurt when he would... Yeah. I mean, that's completely understandable, right? Right. But so what the hell's going on? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean... My but o- but it, it, it is curious. It makes my antenna go up that... My only thought that, that wouldn't be football-related would be that if there's something going on with his family or something, which, which would be Could unfortunate, be. but I have... But yeah. I've, I would think that that would be out there because then it'd be like, oh, he's not here because something's going on. Yeah. it's And this has all been very quiet. And then the fact that Cousins very purposely tried to, to make it sound like he was going to be there Thursday. And yeah. it was. So we don't know if he showed up for the, we don't, the last I day. have not seen a report. So Dory Minicamp is. In June. So we'll, you know, 
Well, and I'm sure he'll show up at that because yes, yeah, get I, I think if you don't show up at OTAs, the worst that happens is you lose part of your your workout bonus. Yeah, and who? But you can't be fined for this. Yes, no, he won't be. Yeah, you only get fined. But for an mandatory. integral part of the team, and the scary thing too is him not being there. You realize at at receiver just how thin these guys. They don't have a, a three. Which in their three is a tight end. To, to me, we wrote this. That's why you need to keep Rudolph. You need to have as many viable. And guess who guys. knows that? Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> this is, <laughs> This is the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph knows he's got you. Yes. He knows exactly mm-hmm. that, that if he – but I, I loved his quote about – yeah, they're talking about trades too. <laughs> there's he's a lot, there's a lot of interest. beautifully right there's now. There's a lot of interest in me. At first it bugged me because he, he talked I, – I felt originally he talked like he, th- there was an assumption that they had to keep him, but now he's very much saying, eh, yeah. talking teams. Yeah. If I stay, I stay. He's played this absolutely perfect. Oh, without a doubt. And, and telling Sid, nope, I won't take a pay cut. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might have picked somebody different than Sid, but that's just me personally. <laughs> All right, we are uh, done. Zolgad, Scoggins, Jonathan Harrison producing Conduits of Trouble back next week. Talk to you all later. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.